Now back to the Dana Barrett Show here on WGST. We are now just days away from Election Day in the primary runoffs, both for governor and lieutenant governor here in Georgia. And, you know, we are on a mission on the Dana Baird Show to not only get you out to vote, but also to let you be the most educated voter that you can be. And to that end, we invite as many of the candidates as we can get our hands on to join us. Uh, on the show to talk about themselves so we can get to know them a little better. So joining me on the phone right now is one of the two uh, Republican candidates for Lieutenant Governor, David Schaefer, State Senator David Schaefer, joining me on the phone. How are you, Senator? It's great to be with you, Dana. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm glad you were able to take some time out to join us. Um, Before we get into policy, I want to talk just a little bit about your background. Maybe you could share with us a little bit why you got into politics in the first place. Uh, and, and a little of your background. Well, I, I grew up here uh, in Atlanta, went to public schools in uh, DeKalb County, graduated from the University of Georgia, and uh, have been uh, in uh, the insurance and, and, and real estate business in addition to serving uh, in, the, in, the, uh, in the General Assembly since 2002. And so um, you just always sort of felt driven to, you know, serve, to be in politics? Was there a particular issue that drove you to want to be involved? What got you there? I've, I've always been interested in government. I, I was I was born in a in a home for unwed mothers uh, run by the Sisters of Charity and adopted uh, when I was an uh, uh, infant by uh, Jim and Sarah Schaefer, who uh, raised me and and have, have always wanted, um, you know, every child uh, to have the same blessing and opportunity that I have to be raised by two um uh loving parents and and that's uh, motivated uh um animated by interest in public service and motivated many of the things that I've done as a state legislator. So uh thank you for that. One of the things I think that's been interesting coming out of uh, as we are now coming out of uh, or to the end of Governor Deal's um you know run uh, uh, he's been very popular and I think part of that is that he's been uh, very focused on economic development for the state and sort of a measured voice about what we need to do here. Uh, how do you feel about his his governorship? Well, he endorsed me earlier this week. He's supporting me in the Republican primary uh, runoff for lieutenant governor, and I, I and I think he's done a good job as uh, uh, governor. And he has uh, focused on uh, economic development and uh, and uh, uh, helped lead us uh, through the economic. Uh, recovery and created uh, jobs and got the economy uh, moving uh, uh, again. And I've been a supporter of that. And I'm you know, proud to have his endorsement. Uh, a couple of things that I think are attributed to to the economic development in the state. One is tax credits, certainly. So what's your take on these tax credits? We talked to Jeff Duncan, your competitor, last week and asked him the same question. So I'd love to get your thoughts on these tax credits. Well, uh, I think that 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 plays a role. I I will tell you that if you look at most of the the job growth that's taken place in the country, it's almost all created by businesses with less than 200 employees. And most of our economic development incentives, most of our tax credits are geared at, you know, the larger companies. And I think that that needs to be rethought. Um, You know, frankly, if we can, if we can improve our infrastructure, improve our schools so that they're, you know, graduating, um, you know, work ready and willing young people, assure our supply of water and create a business friendly environment with low taxes. I think that, 
that businesses will come here naturally. And, uh, and and that, frankly, would be my my focus going forward. So your take would be enough enough of the tax credits. Um, yeah, I, I think that there are probably better ways uh, overall to attract uh, uh, business. Uh, you know, I'd like to see the, the 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 tax burden reduced on everyone marginally, more so than us picking winners and losers, which has been the strategy before. Now that's brought us some success, but I think we can get uh, even better and and broader success. Um, you know, by trying to improve the overall business uh, environment and reducing the burden on everyone. Gotcha. Uh, State Senator David Schaefer on the phone with us right now. He is currently a candidate for lieutenant governor of Georgia, about to uh, face off against Jeff Duncan in this primary runoff coming up on uh, July 24th. Uh, all right. I want to get, you know, keeping on this idea of, of money and and, uh, and business and, and all of that spending, I want to talk about zero-based budgeting because you list that as something uh, that you are in favor of, I guess. Yeah. Right. When I was first elected to the General Assembly in 2002, the budget that we voted on, Dana, only detailed about 3 or 4% of the state spending, the new programs. And once a new program was approved by the General Assembly and signed into law by the governor, it automatically rolled over into each succeeding budget of the state under a single-line item called continuation. So these multi-billion dollar spending plans that members of the General Assembly were voting on, you know, 98% or 96 to 97% of the, the money appeared on a single line without any explanation at all. And so I introduced legislation in my very first uh, term that I reintroduced every two years for the next decade until it was finally signed into law by Governor Deal, um, legislation that eliminates continuation budgeting and puts us on a system of zero-based budgeting and requires the budget to be rebuilt from scratch, um, at least in portions each year. It's really one of my proudest uh, legacies as a member of the state senate. I, I think it makes uh, your lawmakers much better stewards of your uh, tax dollars. So, so let me just make sure I understand. So that is now in effect. Yep, I passed it, and it was signed into law in 2012. And so, one eighth of the budget each year is rebuilt from scratch. Okay, so it's not the entire budget; it's one eighth of the budget. So instead of just one or two items, like you mentioned, it's it's more of it now, but it's still not the whole thing. But essentially, well, it means every it's gonna it's a, right. it's, it's faster so it was than it nothing. was prior to this legislation. Nothing. I mean, once it, something was approved, it rolled over in perpetuity forever Got under it. a single item. We now dig into one eighth of the budget each year. I proposed it in different forms. I had us um, doing one fourth a year. I had us doing it once every four years because we've got a part time legislator legislature that only meets forty days a year. We finally settled on one eighth because we didn't want the bureaucracy to overwhelm the part-time legislators with so much paperwork that we couldn't really wade into how the money was being spent. Yeah. So we, we focus uh, one-eighth each year so that over a, you know the, the normal time that a person would serve as governor, uh, two four-year terms, the General Assembly will have reviewed everything, and that will continue you know on a rolling basis forever. I got to tell you, I'm a fan of that. I like that. Um, I think that makes a lot of sense. Is there... It's how everybody does their budget, how every family and every business does their budget except the government. And it, it struck me as ridiculous when I was first elected. And it's something that it, it was hard work, but that I worked... Uh, very hard to eliminate. I do like that, I will say. Um, look, I, I want to get into something that might be a little bit touchier because I feel like one of the, and I did talk to Jeff Duncan about this as well, just to be clear, um, but I feel like one of the uh, other things that could potentially get in the way of you know businesses coming to the state and economic development in the state are some of the more um, fraught uh, social issues, if you will. So, for example, the idea of a uh, religious freedom 
bill. Is that something you support? And, and are you concerned that if something like that goes forward, it could hurt business in the state? Well, I believe people ought to be able to ought to be free to worship God or not worship God according to their conscience. I think they ought to be able to um, practice their faith, generally speaking, uh, in their daily lives. I think that when there's a conflict between the the law and uh, the practice of someone's faith, that conflict ought to be resolved by the courts, not by the legislature. And I think that um, um, that the courts ought to use the same standards to judge uh, free religious religion claims that they used to judge free press and free speech claims. That's the position that I have. That's actually what a religious liberty bill would do. So so there's lots of people who probably agreed with everything that I just said, but thought that they were opposed to um, religious liberty uh, legislation. But So um, it sounds like you're saying you don't, the court should handle it, but then you're also saying you would want to pass a religious liberty bill, correct? Well, so, so, the, so right. The courts ought to handle case by case. The General Assembly shouldn't pass a a bill every time some sort of religious liberty claim is... Sure. uh, The the problem that we've got, uh, uh, Dana, with Georgia law is that we use a different standard for uh, religious freedom claims that we do for free speech or free press claims. You know, the federal government uses the same standard for all three claims, and most states use the same standard for all three claims, including every state around us. What the religious freedom bill would actually apply the same standard to religious freedom claims as it would to free speech and free press claims. I, I personally think that that is harmless, and that the um, that the the sort of the media attention on this is is not factually founded and a, a bit hyperbolic. But I also recognize that you know perception is important in politics, and and uh, and that has to be managed so that it doesn't cause any. Um, you know, unnecessary fallout. All right, Senator Schaefer, we are out of time, but I do absolutely appreciate uh, getting to know you a little bit, and I certainly uh, wish you the best of luck in the election on July 24th. Uh, again, that was current state Senator David Schaefer, who is now a candidate for lieutenant governor. I'll give you my thoughts on religious freedom right after this. More Dana Barrett show coming up on Talk Radio 640 WGST.